This is the Adult Explore the Bible Weekly Leader Training Podcast. This podcast is designed to help teachers prepare to lead a Bible study group using LifeWay's Explore the Bible Adult Resources. Each week, we review the Bible passage for that week's study, examine some questions teachers may face, and give some teaching tips along the way. This fall, we are studying the Gospel of Mark. I'm Amber Vaden, your host, and today I'm joined by Mike Livingston. Mike serves as an editor on our Explore the Bible team. He also leads a Bible study at his church using Explore the Bible, and he just brings loads of knowledge to our discussion today. So, Mike, thank you for being here. It's always my pleasure, Amber. Thank you for having me. Today we're looking at session two, um, and for that we will be examining Mark chapter 1, verses 35 through 45. So before we jump into questions, um, I'll just share a brief outline of, of this session. If you are a quick source user or if you um, have a quick source handy, this outline that I'm about to share is in that book. And it just gives a quick glance at the verses that we'll study and kind of just the highlights of what's happening in this passage. So we'll start at Mark uh, chapter 1, verses 35 through 45. The first part... Uh, of this of this passage, um, we have entitled Focused. And here, Jesus went to a deserted place early in the morning to pray. And when Peter and the others found Jesus uh, and let him know that people were seeking him, Jesus announced that he would be going to other areas to preach. Mark revealed that Jesus then went to other parts of Galilee, preaching in the synagogues and driving out demons. Uh, so obviously, this is uh, in the middle of Jesus's earthly ministry. Uh, in verse 40 through 42, we have entitled Compassionate. While Jesus was preaching, a leprous man begged him for healing. Jesus had compassion on the man and touched him and declared him clean. and He was immediately healed. And then finally, verses 43 through 45, Jesus directed the man to tell no one about his healing and to seek out a priest to make the necessary sacrifices to be declared clean. Um, the former leper failed to obey Jesus and word spread quickly uh, of what happened. And as a result, Jesus was forced to remain outside of cities in deserted places. And still people managed to find him and come to him. So our overall summary statement for the whole study or this whole session, excuse me, is that Jesus is worthy of us telling others about him. Uh, it's just a good, a good passage to, to dive into. So we will just begin with a few questions. Uh, Mike, okay, so Jesus prayed very early in the morning and in a deserted place is what we read. How is that significant? You know, there's a, a famous quote of Martin Luther who said, I've got so much work to do, I'd better spend two hours in prayer instead of one. And that that's almost counterintuitive for most of us. On those days that we have so much to do, our tendency is to spend less time or forego a quiet time completely because we can't really fit it into our busy schedule. But what, what you see in Jesus, what you see in this verse here, <clears throat> this, this snapshot of his prayer life is sandwiched between two very busy days of ministry. You look back a few verses. Just go back to like verse uh, verse thirty two. You, you you get a you get a picture of of this. So the night before 
he got up so early and prayed just the night before. It says when evening came after the sunset, they brought to him all who were sick and demon possessed and the whole town was assembled at the door and he healed those who were sick. And, and so, I mean, this was after dark. Okay. The after dark, the whole town was at the door. So he had, he had a late night, obviously. And then he was up before dawn. And the you know the word that's used that Mark uses there that word very early that's a word that means the last watch of the night which would have been between three and six a.m. And Mark defined more exactly um, the time when he said while it was still dark so it would have been the earlier part of the watch. And then you okay so then you go forward a few verses and you see the kind of day that Jesus had. Um, and you get a sense of the busyness of his day, uh, of that day that began in prayer when the disciples come looking for him and they say, everyone is looking for you. Okay, that right there is an indication of the kind of day he was going to have. And then you come down to, you know, like the end of um, our lesson passage, verse 45, the last verse of our lesson passage, it says he, he was out in the deserted places and they came out to him from everywhere. So you get those at the beginning and ending of our passage for this this week. Everyone is coming from everywhere, demanding something of Jesus, wanting something of Jesus. And so the significance of this verse about Jesus getting up early and going out to a deserted place to pray is you see in that both both in the time and in the place that he prayed, just the the priority and urgency of prayer in the life of Jesus. And his example speaks to us. What it says to us, there is nothing that's on our day's schedule that's more urgent than spending time with God in prayer. That is so helpful because I don't know anyone who feels like they have more than enough time in the morning before they have Mm -hmm. to be at work or school or whatever responsibilities they have. And so Mm -hmm. um, it is... It, it is interesting that you point out he had a busy day. He had ha- had a busy day the day before. He was having a busy day this day. He was having people come after him, uh, seeking uh, you know time with him or to listen to him preach or, or seeking a, a miracle or a healing. Um, so that is that is definitely something I think we all can relate to. And yet, here's what he placed as his priority. So that's helpful. That's good. Uh, in Partway through the passage, uh, he went he went into all of Galilee preaching in their synagogues, and he came across a man with leprosy. Um, and this is one of my favorite stories in the Gospels because Jesus touches this man um, to make him to make him clean. I am willing to be made clean. And why why is it important that Jesus touched this man? Well, I think most of our listeners know that leprosy was a terrible disease that had not only physical implications, but social. A leper was unclean. Leprosy put you outside the community of faith. Uh, It required you to live outside the city gates, to live in isolation. Uh, You had to avoid contact with people. Spiritually, you were thought to be cursed by God. So there was this stigma attached to leprosy. When you have leprosy, people don't want anything to do with you. You have no contact with people. And anyone who touched a leper became ritually unclean by virtue of having contact with a leper. 
so the, and the, so the beauty of this is that Jesus puts compassion above ritual. Like it wasn't even necessary for Jesus to touch the leper to heal him. Exactly. I mean, that wasn't even necessary. Right. You know, he, he cause he, we see other times where he, you know, he can heal people from a distance. Like they're not even present and, and heals them. He just speaks the word. And so he could have healed this leper just by, by word alone, but he touched this untouchable leper. And, and so, you know, why, so why did he do that? Well, Mark tells us that he was moved with compassion. And, and so there's that, there's that connection there between moved with compassion and touched him. It, his compassion was the reason Jesus reached out and touched and to heal this, this man. And I, I probably should mention the fact that there are some translations that don't use the word compassion. Um, the NIV is one that uses the word indignant, which means something very, sounds very different from, from compassion. And the NIV is based on a variant reading of some Greek manuscripts. And, and so if that were, you know, the way that we should translate it, that he, he became indignant, then why, why was he indignant? Well, probably we could say he was angry at the disease. He was angry at the suffering it caused. Uh, but most translations use the word compassion or something like compassion. The, the King James, the CSB, the ESV translates it pity. And, and whether Mark was saying Jesus was filled with compassion or indignation, his Jesus's compassion is clearly evidence in the way that he reached out and the fact that he touched the leper. And the word compassion, I mean, that's a great word in, in itself. It, it, the word compassion, it means the guts of something, you know, the, the inner parts. It, it was a word that um, referred to the lungs, the kidney, the heart, the intestines. It's, it's the guts of a person. And, and because they're at the center of a person, the word came to refer to the deep emotions inside that, that come out. And so what it's saying is that Jesus felt deeply for this man. He felt for this man. Uh, Jesus wanted to heal this leper as much as the leper wanted healing. Mm -hmm. yeah, he, so touching him was just an, an expression of Jesus's deep compassion and concern for the man. Yeah, I think I, and I don't know the answer to this question, but I thought how, um, you know, I think how often just with friends and family, um, we hug people that we care about. Uh, and this man, this leper, in any person with with leprosy, um, was probably touched and embraced significantly less, if if even at all, um, than anything we might experience. And so I thought, oh my goodness, he um, he received that from Jesus. What? What a precious gift! What a precious gift! Beyond, in addition to the healing, uh, yeah. You you wonder how long it had been since the man had been touched. Yeah, yeah. Jesus was responding not only to a physical need, but he was responding to a deeper need. Yeah, just the need for for contact, for touch. Uh, that is helpful. So obviously um, in here, uh, I love the part where you said he, his compassion moved him and you didn't say it exactly like this, but his compassion moved him to action. Um, mm -hmm. What would it look like if we imitated what Jesus did in verse 20, 41? Obviously we're not mm -hmm. coming across uh, people with leprosy and we certainly don't have mm -hmm. any mm -hmm. of the power to heal the way that Jesus did. But at the same point, we, we do come across people who have some needs. For, yeah, and for those of us who are involved in doing ministry, um, you know, whether it's you, you teach a Bible study group or, or whatever it, it is that you do, and I'm assuming that most 
of you who are listening to this are, you know, leading a, a study Bible study group. But whatever we're doing, um, there's always the danger of it just becoming routine. You know, that we just we just go through the motions. Uh, and we start to treat it like a job, you know, like my my job this week, is, you know, I've got to got to show up on Sunday and we got to get through these verses. I've got to present the material, cover all the material. I've just got to get it done. Um, but for Jesus, ministry was never about, you know, just doing a job. It, it, he wasn't emotionless. He wasn't detached from the people that he ministered to. There was that deep inward concern and what what he did like we talked about that word compassion what he did came from the guts it just came from from the inside and and so you know what does it look what does it look like when when we when we do that it means we're moved by people's hurts we're moved by their needs that when they hurt our heart breaks when they hurt we hurt when people in our life groups or Sunday school classes, when they hurt, we, we're moved uh, and we're moved to action. We're moved to action by their needs and, and we put feet and hands to our compassion. Uh, and, and the only way for us to do that consistently and the only way for us to, to, to keep from becoming emotionally detached in ministries, if we stay connected to the God of all compassion. Uh, okay, so the final question, and it it it's a little it's pretty clear in the text, but I think if someone were maybe new to this particular passage, they might wonder. Uh, in mm-hmm. verse forty four, after healing the man, Jesus says, "See that you say nothing to anyone, but go and show yourself to the priest and offer what Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them." But the first part of his um, instruction was to say nothing to anyone. So why on earth would Jesus say that? Yeah, and that's that's a good question. And it's because Jesus wanted to avoid the very situation that developed. Yeah. In, in the verse after the man disobeyed what Jesus told him to do, what happened is like, that's exactly why Jesus said, don't do this. That in verse 45, um, he went out, to be, and began to proclaim it widely and to spread the news that, you know, the, the man who had been healed with the result that Jesus could no longer enter a town openly. That, that's why Jesus told him not, not to do what he actually did. So Jesus um, and, and Mark here is the writer of this gospel, wanted to make it very clear that Jesus's ministry was not just a ministry of healing. It was a ministry of salvation. You go back a few verses in verse 38 and Jesus, Jesus there is saying, let's go to the neighboring villages and I, so I can preach there too, for this is why I've, I've come. This is why I've come mm-hmm. to preach. And, and so now his ministry of, of preaching, his primary ministry, which was preaching, was restricted. It was hindered because he could no longer enter a town openly. So that's why Jesus said that. And I, and I think I related to that is that Jesus didn't want to gain the reputation of just being a miracle worker. I think that's a part of that as well. Uh, just as today, Jesus doesn't want people to to come to him to get what he can give them. He wants people to come to him to get him. Right. Yes. So I think these I think these these are the reasons I think Jesus said, don't now don't go out. Don't go out and start spreading the news right now. Yes. Well, and I think the key to what you, what you just said is right now, because uh, here we are. And if you've been in church for very long at all, um, 
we say we should be telling others about Jesus and and the gospel message is for all to hear. And uh, and that is something that is important to us as as Christians. And so it might seem like, well, why does this passage say that? So one one thing that is in the leader guide that um, you can help bring out the key doctrine, the key doctrine for this session uh, is on missions. And even though here uh, at that moment, Jesus was telling the man, don't go share because of all the reasons that might just unpack. Um, but for us, because Jesus has now um, went to the cross, he was resurrected, and then he ascended. Uh, we don't have that restriction. We are called to tell what Jesus has done because we're able to tell salvation stories. And so the key doctrine kind of points that out. And that might be just an interesting part of your conversation as you lead your Bible study this week, your Bible study discussion, um, to point that out. It, it is um, it is our, our deep privilege to share what Jesus has done in our life. And just like this man, he could not follow Jesus's instructions not to share it. Uh, he, he had to because obviously his whole life changed. Um, and that's the same for us. So just want to point out that key doctrine. It's a good, uh, a good little spot to kind of talk about that and how, how today we are called to tell others what Jesus has done. Yeah. And, yeah, and I, and I would point out, I agree totally. And I'd point out that the story is not over right here. I mean, read the whole gospel and see how it ends. It ends with Jesus giving his disciples the instruction to go and tell. Uh, so this was a, an instruction given to one individual at a specific time. But the gospel story ends with Jesus commissioning his followers to go out and tell. And that's what we must do. Well, thank you for listening today. If you have comments or questions, you're welcome to send me an email at amber.vaden at lifeway.com. I'll do my best to answer your question, or if I don't know, I'll find the right person um, who can help. Uh, Mike, thank you for being here this week. Oh, thank you. Yep. Thank you. Next week, we will jump into Mark chapter three, and our special guest will be Bill Craig. Um, so we hope that you will join us for that. Mm -hmm.